In this episode, I'll be speaking with Andrea Wadey. Andrea started out a traditional rider and ran an ethical horse tour business in Costa Rica for 15 years before making a complete transformation in how she approached horses. She has trained with many of the world's leading Liberty trainers, and through this and experiences with her own horses, she created what she calls Pure Liberty. You may know her from the movie Taming Wild, Pura Vida, where she and Elsa Sinclair walked two rescue horses across Costa Rica on foot. You are going to love this conversation. So here we go, episode 89, Pure Liberty with Andrea Wadey. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Well, hello, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Yeah, you know, we we just said before we started recording that both of we each feel like we've known each other. Um, I've heard, you know, a lot about you, Andrea, and it seems, you know, likewise. And uh, it's sort of weird meeting because I feel like I've met you, but I haven't met you. <laughs> so this is nice. <laughs> I know it's weird, isn't it? We've been kind of like skirting around each other for ages with David being the linchpin in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we have some things in common for sure. Um, many things, I think. Um, but you, like me, started out one way with horses and then kind of completely transformed how you interact with horses. And we share a mutual yeah. friend who is actually both of our catalysts for <laughs> that aforementioned yeah. transformation. As so, he was for many, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, can you share a little bit about, you know, the nutshell of where, what you were doing before, how, why things changed and how they've changed? Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up riding in England, which back then, I mean, I'm 50 now. And back then, you know, it was a very particular <laughs> way of doing things you know and I was kind of classed as this plucky rider which you know looking back now that just meant I would make any horse do absolutely anything I wanted it to with force and a lot of force and the more I used the more I was applauded by the adults around me you know so that was kind of uh, reinforcing in itself um went through sort of junior jumpers all of that sort of thing and then when I met my husband, he's a surfer. We disappeared off to Costa Rica. Um, we didn't go home. We went on vacation and we didn't go home. We just saw, <laughs> our, saw our plane leave, like, bye, and um, decided to stay and see what we could make of it. Um, and it was so life-changing and so amazing. And I was missing horses desperately and I wanted to ride, but everywhere I looked I knew I would be funding abuse don't get me wrong there are some brilliant horse people in Costa Rica but I was in the real touristy area and you know it was as you imagine it was it was awful so I decided to open a horse tour <laughs> and make an ethical horse tour where you know their their well-being was put before profit it was amazing I had a lady come riding with me and she said have you heard of Pirelli and I was like Pfft. Yes, I've heard of it. And of course, I thought I knew everything about it. Um, and I said, oh, yeah, actually, I saw a poster and there's this man called David Lichman and he's coming to Costa Rica. And she was so starstruck. She was like, oh, my God, you have to go. You have to go. And I thought, Do you know what? I will. I think I will. So I kind of swaggered in there with my enormous ego like just trying to get myself in the door with my ego so big. And I looked around and I just thought I had the whole thing down, you know. And um, I met David and I was instantly sort of back-footed because I was suddenly like, I, I, I'm not so sure I know 
what I'm doing here. <laughs> like, oh no. And I'm looking around and I was like, oh, this is easy. You know, wriggle the rope. Just flip that stick around a bit. And that's it. I've got it. And he was watching me. And he says afterwards, he said, I knew I had about two minutes to get your attention. So when it came to the riding, he just took my reins away. <laughs> and I went, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I actually don't know anything about horses whatsoever. And I'd been telling him about, um, oh, how I used a tie down on my horse and la la la. And he was like, oh, okay, awesome. Let me just show you something. Just sit here on the bucket a minute. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He singled me out, you know, me and my ego. <laughs> and I sat down and I was like, uh-huh, yeah. Well, he took a rope and he loosely put it around my feet. He said, you know, do you mind if I do this? Do you mind if I touch you? No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And he loosely put the rope around the back of my neck and under my feet. And I was in a position that my horse was in. Wow. <laughs> and it makes me really emotional because it changed everything. Yeah. I burst into tears. I felt so ashamed of myself, but I didn't know any different. And he just looked at me and he went, it's okay. Now it begins. And that started a 20 year friendship and mm -hmm. he has been amazing and shared so much with me and I will be forever grateful to him, but it was very humbling and you know, the easy thing would have been to rip the rope off and go home. But thankfully, there was enough that punched through my ego that just went, this is what you've been waiting for. I'd sat and watched people doing brideless riding and I wanted it so bad, but I just couldn't say, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And that was it. That set me off on 20 years of finding a different way and ultimately just being passionate about who do I need to be? for a horse to really want to be with me and for my horse to be happy. And that looks different for every horse. So it's a never ending journey, never yeah. ending. Well, I, I can very much relate to that story. I guess I got off easy because he didn't, David didn't tie me up, <laughs> but it, it he was my first um, introduction to Pirelli and natural horsemanship and anything other than, you know, dressage. and. For me, it was in the friendly game, you know, the very first game and my, my steady Eddie bomb proof, you know, horse that I bought, I, you know, I, I brought to the clinic, you know, I could see tension in there that I'd never seen before. I'd never recognized it. And that was the same experience of like, all of a sudden there's a perspective shift and you see it and you can't unsee it or for you, you can't unfeel it. That's it. And it's like that just changed everything. I was like, this horse has been scared and I never saw it. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah. And then and it's hard, you know, you battle, as we do with a lot of our students, you see them feeling very guilty and that it's like, actually that's making it worse. Yeah. Now it's just time to wipe the slate clean and yep. start again. Exactly. Focus on, you know, that gift of awareness and every day's a new day. Yeah. So, so how did, um, you know, so there was that day <laughs> that everything changed and then there's daily life. So what were the next steps? Because sometimes, you know, sometimes we have the big breakthrough, but then you go home and you're like, oh, well, now what do I do? <laughs> How was it, yeah. you know, starting to actually implement things in, in your I daily the life? the first thing I did was go back. I just went back and said, sorry. I'm so Sorry that I didn't see this. And I started to, I, I, I say this to my students, walk in when you have these opportunities of a change of awareness, go in and pretend you've never even met your horse before and just start again. And things can come a lot quicker than you think. You think, oh no, I've got to start again. And you know, I, I went right through the Pirelli route, which, you know, whilst it's not where I am now, I will be forever thankful for it. I think it saved a lot of people and a lot of horses. Um, but, you know, like anything, it's, things can be a bridge. Um, so I just followed through, studied with David as much as I could. I went up and groomed for him a lot and um, things like that in America. And then I just, I, I was quite lucky because we had Costa Rica 
to dangle in front of some really amazing trainers <laughs> as a carrot to get them to come down. I would put on clinics for them, invite, you know, have guests come down, use my horses, but I would get to study with them. Mm -hmm. And I would make them all, you know, just, I was like a sponge. I would just be like right at the front watching everyone. So we had some amazing people come through and I think I always say, you know, learn from as many people as you can and take what ingredients work for you. Make your own cake, make your own flavor and don't be afraid to change it sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what I did. And then I invited Elsa Sinclair down um, and I told her about the dream I'd had about rescuing two horses well, it was originally only going to be one. I was going to do it by myself. I wanted to rescue a horse from what's called the Suasta down there, which is the market, basically, and it's horrendous. But mm -hmm. I wanted to rescue a horse and I wanted to walk with the horse because liberty is my passion. I realised I couldn't be completely at liberty because I wanted to walk from one side of Costa Rica to the other. Well, there's roads and yeah. rivers and all sorts. But... I wanted to be at liberty as much as I could and have a liberty mindset when using tools. Um, and Elsa said, I want to do it with you. And, you know, she'd done her amazing film, Taming Wild, which just blew me away. So we made a movie while we were doing it. And it was, yeah, it was incredible. But just backtracking one bit before that, I remember there being really one defining moment that made me go okay, I love natural horsemanship. I think it's brilliant. But when I take away the tools and I take away the cookies, which, you know, I, I do plenty of training with cookies, but I wanted to know really who do I have to be for this horse to stick with me. So I used to have some lovely liberty going with my horse, Archie, in Costa Rica. We could run around the rainforest and it was amazing. And I just thought, right, I'm going to put down my carrot stick. I'm going to take off my treat pouch and we're going to go out and it's just going to be magical. We're going to have this unicorn <laughs> connection. Day four, he left me for dust. I was about three miles from home and I had to walk all the way home by myself, <laughs> dragging my once more battered ego behind me. And I got back and he just looked at me and was like, yeah, no, that's not it. I trained a great pattern. But when the pattern wasn't there anymore, I had nothing. So there I was starting again from scratch, it felt like. And that's what really started to fire me up was how can I get this horse to want to be with me without any coercion of any type? And don't get me wrong, I train with ropes. I train with treats. I'm a massive advocate for all of that. But I just wanted to know if I could be what they needed me to be. Mm -hmm. And the answer is sometimes I can. <laughs> sometimes I can't <laughs> depending on you know, my mindset um so the the trek across Costa Rica was incredible you know we were exploring that movement lowers stress and the first three days was hell on earth let me tell you those horses wanted nothing to do with us we were having to use way more make than we wanted uh we all ended up in tears it was horrendous and then something changed and just the traveling together we were doing about 20 miles a day it changed everything karen they, mm -hmm. it's, it's like we woke something up in them and they would meet us every day and be like let's go and our walks got longer and looser and everything started to become more effortless and i realized you know what we need to be is a little bit more in their world <laughs> not them in our world and um it blew my mind how long they have to stand and really look at something and how much they love to stop and look at the view and and really look at the view and you know and that's something david taught me you know he in clinics he'd be like andrea go and let your horse think for five minutes stand against the wall and i remember once going okay that's good i've done that and he was like yeah that was one minute and 24 seconds and he was timing me well wow. <laughs> i went oh no so being out there with them, there was no rush. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. It was absolutely yeah. amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I I watched the movie. 
And uh, very, very impressive. And I highly recommend um, anybody to watch this. So Taming Wild Pura Vida. And uh, we'll make sure that there's that people know how to how to find that. I'll have a link. Or is there a quick way to tell people where to find that movie? If you go to Vimeo, vimeo.com, and just look up Taming Wild Pura Vida, you can rent it or download it off there. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, so a lot of stuff <laughs> in what you just said there. Um, so, yeah, there the... The joining them in their world, I think, is really important. And I, I talk all about a lot about this assumption of obligingness that we so often have in the horse world. We have this assumption that the horses are just supposed to do what we ask. They've been beasts of burden and you know, yeah. throughout history. And and to yeah. stop and think, wait, <laughs> no, they don't have to do yeah. they don't have to do anything. There's no shoulds. They shouldn't all that all horse should do is be a horse. And I think if we, yeah, they don't know, owe us anything. Exactly, and to kind of step back and and approach it from that basic attitude already changes things. But there's something that you you said that I really want to kind of dig into, which is this liberty mindset. And so you know, you're quick to say, you know, I have this, I changed my mindset, but I still use a rope and I still use cookies. So there's this. Um, shift that needs to happen on the inside of us and we and to be able to live in this middle ground where just because you have a rope on doesn't mean you have to use it in a I'm going to make you way and just because you have cookies doesn't mean you're bribing (laughs) and you know and you know and just because you want to do liberty doesn't mean you have to have your horse completely free um, because the reality of of horses in our human world is sometimes there are situations that are not safe we need to be protecting them so i think what's this is the this is where we all live is in this kind of messy middle where the lines aren't really clear and i think you know and it's so easy to get into like a technique of this or a technique of that and the the most important thing is what's going on inside of us it's our attitude our basic attitude to the horse, our basic awareness of ourselves and what was going on in our minds and kind of having our, um, I, I like to highlight you know principles and priorities because that's what's going to help us make a decision in a moment. And, and in the movie, you know, there were some decisions that you guys had to make. I mean, obviously, like you said, you had, you had halters on them because it was a long roads. There were, I think there was at least a day where you're like, okay, we want to take the time it takes for the horses, but we got to get in before dark. And like, I could see the struggle of you wanting to stick to those principles and priorities, do right for the horse, but also doing right by the horse would be getting them somewhere safe by dark. And that's the interesting part for me, because that's the stuff that happens every day. Can you talk a little bit more about how you made those decisions um, and how you, you know, there's a, there's a big space between I'm going to let the horse take all the time at once, or I'm going to drag him and whack him with the stick to make sure he, he goes fast enough. There's some yeah. space between there. And I think that's where you guys navigated that really beautifully. So I'd love to hear more about that process. Cause I, I could see it was emotional <laughs> and it was challenging. No, it's hugely emotional, but I think that's where the learning was, Karen. It, you know, if we could have just drifted along... The horses, to make the journey that we did, I think we did 280K, they would have taken months if they'd have been free. Months. Maybe maybe, maybe they'd still be going. I don't know. But um, the liberty mindset. So what I see is people try and come down this road a little bit and they go, okay, I'm not going to ask my horse to do anything ever. Well, th- that's not reality. You know, that that's just not... A healthy place to be um, and it wasn't about what we had to ask them to do it's where we were coming from when we asked them you know hey and, and I'm a big advocate for tell them tell them in your mind show them a picture tell them out loud whatever they feel it and it's like listen we have to do this we've got to do this and we need to go like when we went through the indigenous land oh that was crazy I mean, it was <laughs> 
worse. And honestly, the footage that didn't make the film would make your hair stand on it. I, it was terrifying. I can only I imagine. have never felt more connected afterwards with a horse than I did from that. Adversity can actually create a real mega bond as long as you're coming from a place of honesty and kindness and calmness. Um, if you're coming from a place of getting frustrated and angry and stressed, it doesn't matter what you're asking, whether it's a tiny ask or a massive ask, you're, you're fracturing your relationship. We asked huge things of our horses. If we'd have known, we never would have done it. We never in a million years would have done it. Yet our bond was a hundred times stronger the day after the hardest day of the trek than it was when we were just sort of getting into, oh, please, will you help? Mm -mm. When we were still fighting with ourselves. And I think that when we have this doubt in ourselves, should I be, shouldn't I be? Mm, it creates this energy that just feels so awful to the horses. If you're like, hey, this is fair. I need to ask you, can we do this together? They're like, I'm right there with you. Coming from a place of confidence. Elsa always said, Confidence will trump skill every single time. Yeah. Because <laughs> the horses are like, how many times have you seen it at a clinic where a husband or a partner or a wife or something will turn up and they're not the horse person and they can do anything with their horse, with the, <laughs> with the partner's horse. And then the, the student comes who's really stressed because it's anxious and it's scary and they can't do anything. Yeah. So it's coming from that place of confidence. So the liberty mindset for me is have your tools there, but only use them if you need to. I can't tell you the amount of people that I've had come through a Pure Liberty clinic and they have blown my mind with how beautiful their connection was in the arena when they were completely at liberty and it was all new to them and there was no tools and the horses were just locking on and they were like this and no one was leading, no one was following, they were just together. Soon as they put the halter and lead rope back on, they were being dragged all over the place. They were <laughs> hauling back. And I'm like, how interesting. When you had nothing, you had to be a little bit more honest and humble about where you were coming from. When we have tools in our hands, it's like you said, that we still carry that beast of burden baggage there somewhere. Yeah. So we tend to, to use it. And another piece of the puzzle that will help, I think, is learning to be calm in movement. A lot of us find being calm really, really easy when we're still. So we can stand with the horse and look at the view and it all feels great. But the second we start moving, our adrenaline spikes or our stress level spikes. Stress isn't always a bad thing, but it, it changes. So the horse will come up and that's when the... Mm -hmm the the split comes to yeah. having energy but but calmly yeah yeah i'd love to um yeah talk a little bit more you, you, you there's a lot of stuff in what you're saying <laughs> and i want to make sure we kind of pause and go back no. like the 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 thing about the tools i think is really interesting i think there's something about human neurology that when we put something in a hand and we close our hand you know, there's um, yeah. that, you know, there's something about that. And now we we're grabbing. And I think the horses really pick up on that grabbing neurology, you know, and it just everything gets just a little tighter. So um, to be able to hold a tool, but but even the way you hold it, I know my lip is on Monty really taught me the difference of when I was holding the stick or when I was just resting the stick in my hand and using just the one muscle fiber that was preventing it from falling to the ground versus grabbing it. He yeah. could tell the difference. It was the difference between him staying with me or not staying with me. So I think yeah, that is an important moment when we do I pick up a tool, we're still in that liberty mindset. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, there's a whole physiology going on there when a tight muscle creates certain, you know, that is the chicken and the egg, but the chemicals, the brain set, the brace, you know, mental brace, physical brace, and then it translates to the horse. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, another thing, you know, when you're talking about the, the part of the trip and going through the indigenous lands, and for those of you, when you see the movie, I mean, steep, muddy, mud with like in between roots and just 
<laughs> I was like, I don't know if I could have done it. Um, but this idea yeah, of like that, that it's, um, and you know, I do dressage with my horses. So there's a certain amount of like, come on, we got to get there. Horses aren't going to naturally go. Can I do tempi changes? You know, but I've, I, the reason I keep doing it is because I keep feeling like the, the opportunity with horses is for each of us, the horse and the person to do something that neither of us could do by ourselves or would do by ourselves. And there's, I think when, when you have a horse agree to participate in this thing, even when it gets hard, you know, I've felt horses feel, be proud on the other side. I feel yes. like that's made me, you know, and the day that I don't feel that is probably the day I'm going to stop, you know, <laughs> but I keep going because, yeah. you know, some of the lessons are hard, but it's, if you can do it in this way and not think that to be nice to your horse means you don't do anything or you don't make any requests. I don't think that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's a beauty to just observe horses too, but there's, there's this other thing that no, happens when you go somewhere together. That. Exactly. Um, but I think it is important that if, if we yeah. do embark on this crazy messy middle that we've got to come at it with so many tools. And that's why I think you're really, helping people understand is to, you know, do it, but it's, it's the come from, it's the, that intention and conscious about how we're doing it. That's going to make all the difference. Our horses can do so much more than we think they can. Yeah. And interestingly, they want to honestly through the indigenous zone for the most part, the ropes felt completely unnecessary. We were all in complete survival mode. We were scrabbling up thing, and those horses were right with us. I mean, Zeus, who was my partner, I, I had to be really careful because the connection came so in a vortex because it was it did feel life and death at times. So he was like, you're making really good choices right now. So I'm going to put my hooves exactly where your feet are oh, going. Wow. So I had to get my foot out of the way really quick. Wow. And I wasn't going to tell him that was wrong. I wasn't going to tell him that was wrong. Elsa struggled really, really badly with vertigo at one point. It was horrendous. We were really worried about her. Wow. And her horse was not easy. Apollo was a really challenging horse. I watched that horse go up to her and he put himself under her arm. I watched him do it and I went, oh my God, he's holding you up. There was no pulling them through because we had to get through. We were all rock solid together. And Mishka, who was with Liana, who was our pack horse out the front, um, Liana got really tired and made a couple of mistakes as we all did. And that mare was like, get behind me. You've lost all rights now. I know where I'm going. And she hung on to that mare's tail and that's when we went, this is what it's about. It's not about have, looking cool with the horse trotting along beside me. It's about us being in the trenches and them going, I've got you. Or us going, I've got you. And our friendships afterwards with those horses, I swear, we'd have had to have done something really stupid to have broken that. Wow. Um, and that changed everything for me everything for me and it was like I'm not afraid to ask my horse to do things I'm not afraid to say don't do that I'm not afraid to say hey if you don't feel like doing that I'm totally okay with that because I feel that we're at that level where it's like I'm not making them from the place of this is how it's supposed to be done this is what it's supposed to look like Equally, I'm not right at the other end of the spectrum of going, I've seen horses in a whole nother light. I now can't ask them to do anything. Mm -hmm. I don't think they, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for the type of horses I attract in my life. They'd be like, really? Come on, let's do something. Let me show you how ridiculous you are yeah. and how amazing I am. That's what they love. Yeah. And then I'm really humble to them, you know, so it changed everything. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was a risky one. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. You're a brave, brave, brave woman. <laughs> no, that's, but I, I love this. Um, I love this. This is what I've been thinking about a lot too with my horses. Cause I ask a lot of my horses um, and they also get a lot of freedom and a lot of choice in their life. So in the mornings I'll often pick the one that goes first, just 
for ease of me sending the message out to my assistant, like, hey, I'm going to do this one first, get him near the area. But um, after that first one, you know, I'll go out with him and I'll go, whoever wants to go next can go next. And my horses are all loose in the area now. They've been out of their pasture so they can come in and out of the barn. And it's amazing the choices that my horses make when you give them the opportunity to make a choice. They'll come in and one will go, hey, can I stand in the stall? Like my horses don't live in stalls, but I have two stalls. But we call it the special place because they like to go and they'll ask to go in the special place. So they go in there and, you know, some will come in and demand that they go next. I've I've groomed horses and then I'll hold up the bridle and they turn or, turn away and I'll give them a few chances. And if they really give me the vibe, I go, never mind, going to play on, you know, I'll play on the ground or you know, do something else. So I think, um, you know, is it, are you letting the horse get away with something? No, it's like, it's, it's a friendship. It's It's a relationship. Yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like, yeah, they, they're allowed to tell me no. If, if no is not an option, then it's not really, (laughs) you know, I'm not really giving them a choice. So, and I think that's, what's interesting is, yeah, we, I, we, we can ask a lot of our horses and our horses can ask stuff of us too. And if we listen at all, I feel like it just all works out. They come back stronger the next day because they're not feeling like they have to protect themselves. They know I'll, I'll hear them. We can ask a lot. And also we can spend large amounts of time in their world. You know, there's several things that we can do easily. You know, you can change things tomorrow just by, watching the outside environment more for them, matching their feet when you walk, being interested in what they're interested in, and then take your turn and ask for what you you would like to do. But the liberty mindset means that's peppered in all the way through, even when you're riding. They look at something. Okay, let's just stop and have a look. It doesn't matter, but it does to them. It hugely matters to them where they go, oh my God, did you notice that too? And you go, yep, I see it. (sighs) We're good, let's go. Okay, great. Because you've practiced it enough on the ground, like I try and make it a game where I will notice things before they do. And they go, well, if she's seen it and she's taken a deep breath, we're okay. Or if I see something and go, yeah, let's turn around and go that way, they're like, I'm with you. So you can have both. That's the thing. That's the key. People go to me, well, now, but if I do pure liberty, I can't, I can't tack up and go on my trail ride. Well, you obviously weren't paying attention because you absolutely can. (laughs) But take it with you. Yeah, so I love that. Those are three. So watch the outside environment. So be a partner with them and keeping an eye out. Matching steps. And then be interested in what they're interested in. Yeah, I, I... worked with a dressage horse once that had dragged its owners down the breezeway for the last 13 years, like dangerously so. And I said to them, because I'm also a behavioural consultant as well, so I'll help people that are stuck with their horses. And I said, well, he's scared, but what does he do when you let him touch everything in the breezeway? Oh, well, we've never let him do that. So we spent 20 minutes, he touched everything, and that was it. The problem was over. So, you know, touch, smell, looking. If we can just be in a little less of a rush and try and see the world, you know, educate ourselves about the species. You know, I know amazing horse people that perhaps don't understand the species all that well. And it's like, well, no, they're doing this because... They can smell something from four miles away that you can't. Um, And maybe they're not looking at something, they're smelling something. You know, so many times if my horse is worried about something, I'll either hop off or walk up to it, rub it with my hand and take the scent back to them. And they'll go, oh, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I know what that is. Um, So I think it's bringing it into that world. Yeah, yeah. And those are, I mean, those are pretty... Um, easy steps for us to do. The hardest part is remembering, but they're very powerful mm. things um, that they matter to the horse. 
And uh, yeah, I think that that story about just letting the horse touch things in the breezeway, you know, that's a, such a simple thing that is often overlooked. I've, I've seen horses that are really um, nervous in cross ties or something like that. And, and I'll do the same thing. I'll take the cross ties off and turn them around. There's usually something behind them that they've never been allowed to touch or look at. They're always turned around and then there's this thing behind them. And just, yeah, some very little things. Um, it's little for us to do. It doesn't take much time. can have a huge impact. And and just making that mind shift that you care, yes. that you're that we go out of the because I said so. <laughs> you know, so much in the traditional horse yeah. world is like, yeah. why? Because I said so. You know, and mm-hmm. we have to make sure that they know, you know, and, and that, that actually, that attitude can be... In natural horsemanship too, you know, the sort of, you need to be the leader, um, that language can often end up the same way. Like the leader, you know, has to be listened to all the time. And, and I think this, you know, where you're coming from is much more about relationship. And even if we can say friendship, um, you know, that that's the goal is that the, you know, that we we know what makes horses happy and we know what makes our own particular horse happy. I spend a lot of time trying to know my individual horse and say, what exactly does this horse like? I once made a list. I have like, I think 60 something things that my horses like, like very specific things. And then by horse and there's, it's useful tool, you know, when you want to reward or appreciate your horse even more, (laughs) it's good to know. And they're all different. You know, they're all different. And um, it's like one of my horses in Costa Rica, Amadora, her most favorite thing to do was move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she'd do something great. And then we'd just run around. And that was such a thing to her. But then I have other horses that are like, I just want to stand still and stare at that butterfly that's crossing the field. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that I massively learned from Elsa was this looking, I just want to touch again on this looking outside you know we spend so much time staring at our horses because they're so beautiful when your relationship will get so much deeper when you actually don't look at them so when they're grazing be really looking i think elsa calls it looking for mountain lions and you know we're looking we're looking we're really and they just go i'm safe because i tell you what it's exhausting being the guardian horse within the herd were the ones that kind of looks out for everyone most of the time. It is exhausting for them. I can remember teaching a clinic in um, New Zealand and a, a late a student, a good friend as well, she bought her three horses and there was the head mare who was 28 years old or something. And there was a three-year-old, lovely, goofy pony and a gelding. Well, the mare had constantly been having to look out for everyone and we put the three of them in the arena together and they were paired up with three students and they all started looking at the outside environment for the horses that mare lay down and she fell asleep for 30 minutes because she went thank god someone else is looking wow so it was so powerful so that really cemented it for me so I spend more time looking away from the horses that obviously I'm using soft focus as you'd call it or the peripheral vision to make sure nothing else is going on um but you can learn a lot about what your horse likes when you start doing that you know are they moving more are they grazing more are they just standing waiting for me to tell them what to do some horses Mm -hmm. like that some horses want to invent the games you learn a lot Mm mm-hmm Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. 
Now the Video Classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. I love that checking the environment. I mean, that's something that I do, but I don't think I'm so conscious about it. So I'm going to be a little bit more conscious about it. I, I know a lot of times with the, the horses that are the guardian horses, they are the ones who it's a lot of people think it's, oh, it's so hard to get their attention, right? And they keep trying to make that horse look at them. Um, but if you don't at the same time, well, first you got to be attention worthy um, and interesting enough, but the biggest sure. piece is if they're not feeling safe in their environment, you're yeah. going to be fighting against that. And it's not going to feel good for them to look at you because they're going to feel less safe when they look at you. So I love that piece about remembering to, to do that, be that safety lookout for them while you're in that calm state. Yeah, and you'll find When you start doing it, they will start coming and checking in with you. Do you see that? Yeah, I see that. It's okay. We're good. Um, and it's something that you can actually do together. Um, I really learned with Zeus in the film, he loved to stop and look at the views. And the first few days he was a bit sticky. All he wanted to do was eat because he was a starvation case. All he wanted to do was eat. So one of the ways we got things moving was I would see a good view coming and I'd be like, I'll race you there. And I'd just start running and he'd start <laughs> trotting behind and we'd both skid to a stop at the view and be like, oh. and we'd just stay there for ages. And we could feel that swell of energy. So I wouldn't be like, okay, now we're leaving. We'd both, uh, I'd feel that energy of him start to change focus and be like, okay. And then we'd be like, okay, now I'm going to ask, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's okay to ask your horses, but be smart about what you ask them and when you ask them. Yeah. And then you'll get a yes answer. Yeah. And, and in the, uh, in the movie, I remember you said, um, the importance of having a value to your horse. I think it was in the movie that I saw you say this, you know, that, um, that you want the horse to be thinking, my life is so much better because you're here. And I just, I love that way of, of, of putting it is think, you know, what's the value to your horse. I had a student on one of my Q and a calls for my course say that, um, her, I think it, I don't remember if it was a vet or if it was a trainer. Um, they were standing in the aisle and her horse had an itch. And so she scratched her horse's itch and the person said, never do that. You become their servant. And I thought, and she asked me about it. I'm like, well, what do you think? She's like, I want to scratch my horse's itches. I'm like, yeah, do that. So I thought, well, wow, you know, and I couldn't believe that they <laughs> sort of shocked me. Like, really? Um, but, uh, you know, be I if I see my horse trying to reach That's an itch, right. I'm the first one there. I'm like, this is something humans are really good at. We're really good at scratching places that are hard for you to scratch. But I, I love that, you know, my life is so much better because you're here is what we, you know, imagine your horse thinking that and that we go through life thinking, what value do I have to, to my horse and what value can I bring to my horse? They, they have so little control over yeah. their lives. I think it's the least we could do oh. is be thinking like yeah. that. Exactly. It is the least we could do. And I think I learned that best from Honza Blaha. Actually, he was like, you know, the emotional bank. He taught me about the emotional bank and, you know, give everything a price, scratching your horse, $5 in the bank, mm -hmm. standing and watching the view, which is, you know, something I didn't do with Honza, but, you know, watching the view, that's 10 pounds, you know, all the things that your horse likes. And then the things that we ask them to do, put a price on it. A backup is 10 bucks. PF is 45,000. <laughs> Make yeah. sure that you have a hundred grand in the bank before you start asking too much. So, you know, just put that time in. And then when you do ask your horse to do things, you have the credit. But it's having that liberty mindset of going, hey, do you think we could do this with the minimal amount of ask, with the minimal amount of pressure, with the minimal, minimal amount of um, um, telling? But with support from me, mm -hmm. hey, 
I've ridden horses where they really like contact. I've ridden other horses that didn't want contact. Know, know your horse. Know your horse and, and not, don't do what you think you're supposed to do. Do what feels right. We all know what feels right. And we all know what doesn't feel right. Um, you know, I talk about with people about the comfort zone. You know, it's way out of a lot of people's comfort zone to go and walk from coast to coast in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Like, that's way out of most people's comfort zone. But do something, you know, challenge yourselves and your horse a little bit within your comfort zone, just right at the edge. You don't go right out of it. I don't feel like teaching learning starts outside your comfort zone. I think it starts right on the edge and push it out of it. You know, start going for some walks. You will learn so much about your horse and try using the Liberty mindset where you go, okay, I'm on a rope, but if my horse likes it and I just put my hand on the withers and keep a loose rope, where do we go? Do we just stop dead or are they happy to walk with me? You don't have to be out in front leading them like we're taught in Pony Club. You don't have to do that. And it's really fun to experiment because there's no, there's no wrong. If it doesn't work, okay, we'll think, ah, oh, that's really interesting. Do I need to be more confident or do I need to be less bossy? You know, dismantle it all. Take it all apart and see, see what bits you need to change. Yeah, love that. Love that. And it gives permission for people to... Um, I love that you're giving per people permission to experiment, you know, as a, there's a beauty to knowing what it's like to follow a system and, and to see how a system builds on itself. Yeah. However, <laughs> there's yeah. always a moment where you need to throw that away. So I think that's another kind of messy middle is, you know, you want to not be random as you train a horse. There's gotta be a little things build on other things, but you know, even with, sure. you know, I created a, a system of sorts. It's not really a system. It's a fra it's framework or something. But it's, I think so many cool. times I see students who the goal is to like, be the good Pirelli student or be the good dressage naturally student or be the good. And then they start um, trying to live up to the system. And it's, for me, it's the other way around. A system yeah. is a tool. It's like, I have some tools and here's what they're good for. You have some tools. And to understand the cause and effect and here's what we're trying to achieve. But I like what you said, like everybody's got their own dream. There's no one on the planet like you and your particular individual horse. Nobody's ever been that before with the goals and aspirations. Revel, and like, in that. revel in that. And so I always tell people like use what I've created to help you create your dream, but don't, try to be the perfect dressage naturally student like it's you're not going to go anywhere yeah. <laughs> you know but but think about what you want and use it and you're I think right. what you're you know that's I've been a bit of your journey right you've gone through systems and then you've known when to stop and explore another system and, the, and integrate it yeah and I do still use them what how I see pure liberty which is you know the course that I've put together it is something that can accompany you in whatever you do. Whether you want to do endurance, whether you want to do dressage, whether you want to do just more trained liberty, you can take it with you. It's another piece of the puzzle. It's all a puzzle that we put together and every horse's puzzle is different. And you could be like, I will be signing up. I have a four-year-old mare at the moment who I just, she's my life. And I will be signing up to the find the sweet spot. That's my goal in September, I'll be doing that. But I'll be doing it from my foundation of pure liberty. And I might ask for something and it will be wonderful, hopefully. And, um, <laughs> and then I might stop and watch the tractor going across the top of the field. Exactly. And we might hang out and we might go, that's enough. Or I might go, okay, now it's my turn again. So I see the leadership role as being this shifting ball. I'm going to have a turn, you're going to have a turn, I'm going to have a turn, you're going to have a turn. Any framework that you choose to use, it just works in perfectly. It's just another piece of it mm -hmm. where, you know, I call it um, undemanding time with a purpose. So you're being a little bit more in your horse's world that rather than just I'm going to let them relax and I'm going to relax, I'm going to 
be interested in what they're touching. I'm going to look at the outside environment. When it's their turn and they decide they want to go for a stroll, I'm going to try and match their feet and harmonize. And then when it's my turn, I call it a call for attention. I go, hey, Mm -hmm. my turn. Do you mind? Okay, let's do this. If it doesn't work, I look to myself. Okay, was I too quick? Was I rushing? Was there a distraction that they really needed to look at? And I don't always let them stop and look, but I'll kind of run that through rather than going, oh my God, this horse won't do anything that it's told or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you come from that framework of sharing the leadership and I'm super excited to do the course. Um, And my pure liberty will still be in there because I can have a liberty mindset while I'm doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm really, it'll be fun to see, you know, how you integrate that because the the sweet spot course is also a lot about concepts of experimentation to find the place of ease. And so, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to show you techniques on how to do it, but the, it's the concept that's the most important part is like it's experimentation it's curiosity instead of trying to like make something happen so i think they all dovetail together um beautifully yeah so super fun um want to pick up something else i i heard you guys um saying in the movie is this idea of no consequences um in in training that like there was no like you just sort of mentioned if it doesn't work you're going to look to yourself first um, that's sort of interesting thing of saying, okay, there's no, so there's no punishment. I think punishment is really low on the sort of like effective tools with horses. It's, it's used often, but it's the least, you know, one, but, um, talk a little bit more about what, you know, that commitment you guys made of like, there's no consequences in the training. Yeah. I mean, Elsa especially really lives in that world, you know, her, um, her way of working with them like i'm i'm not patient enough (laughs) so mine involves a lot more movement and 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 more ask but there doesn't have to be a consequence so for instance if my i ask my horse to back up and they go i'm not doing that okay well i feel like it was a really fair ask i'll check myself was my energy right Fair enough. You didn't have to do it, but I am going to come back again. Mm-hmm. So I'll take a loop and I'll ask again and I'll try and have better energy. I will try and think like I work a lot with body language. Body language is so powerful as you do. Um, so just because I've asked for something and the horse has said no, I don't just go, oh, well, never mind. That's it then. <laughs> Equally, I don't get stronger. I don't use phases. So um, I think it was something for me. It was very personal for me. And I'm not really ready to dive into that. But suffice it to say, I saw things when I was younger where aggression and um, potential violence and things were terrifying. So for me, that getting bigger in my head meant I was getting stronger. And, and that wasn't a world I wanted to be in. And I have really dived into this. And as long as I come back and ask, maybe in a subtler way, in a clearer way, it doesn't have to be stronger. There's no consequence. Well, you didn't back up, therefore I'm now gonna go through phases and get stronger. I found I haven't had to do that. Maybe a horse I'll meet at some point will prove me. I'm always open to anything. But I found that I didn't need to use phases um, and that the answer was nearly always in me. And if it was fair and I was approaching it with the right energy and the right body language and the right attitude, not an attitude of I'm taking this from you, but an attitude of, hey, can you match my feet and we back up together? That was so cool done Mm -hmm. and it works and it worked for me um so that was what i really have been diving into more lately was like actually it's not about getting bigger it's about how you feel inside and where you're coming from because horses know 
If you're coming from this place of I'm taking this from you, you see the resentment just come down on their face instantly and they'll do it, but they're like, I know what this is. Yeah. I know what this is. Whereas when you do it together and it almost feels like, I'm really diving in here now, but it feels like their leg, and I know that you understand this, it feels like their leg moved your leg mm-hmm. and you're like in this bubble together and it's just, oh my gosh, it yeah. feels like the Holy Grail to me. So yeah. that's what I seek. No, that that's awesome. Yeah, it's the leading and following and then that shared space where nobody nobody can say who's the leader, who's the follower. And that's that's when it feels like this dance. And that's the that's the magic of horses because we like we've and I think they feel it too. We're both experiencing something we can't, you know, do by ourselves. But I I, I think it's really valuable to explore this idea of of no consequences, you know, um and not necessarily, or at least saying, you know, it doesn't have to be about getting bigger and stronger, but that you can also hold that intention. It's like, okay, what are we going to still, how about if I come at it from this angle? How about, you know, and again, that's that interesting space of not giving up, not just saying, okay, whatever, not getting stronger, but how can we hold that intention, stay curious, stay committed it's you know i always say if it's fair reasonable and possible then we're gonna do it (laughs) but how how am i gonna get there yeah sometimes just waiting and what can be just five seconds feels like five hours sometimes Mm -hmm. you know because i i move quick i'm you know i'm quick i do want to add in there are sometimes consequences back in the real world you know like I've got a very rambunctious four-year-old who has a massive opinion, which I very much value, but there are times where it's like, actually, no, that's not okay. And I will say, no, enough. You're going to hurt me. I'm not having that. You know, something like, oh, we're coming in from the field and one of the other horses is whooshing past and she's like, yay! And it's like, (laughs) no, that can't happen. And I'm not afraid to bump bump on the lead rope like I I, I'm a realist (laughs) but when I'm in those moments when I'm in my training world in my training bubble then it's like okay now's the time where I want to really explore if I just hold space for a minute wait breathe yeah and I mean things like boundaries there's nothing more natural than a you know a horse (laughs) establishing a boundary (laughs) with another horse so I mean that's a very natural thing for a horse to say there's the edge (laughs) not not going there no i think i think it but i I really appreciate the way you're talking about it because you know there it'd be easy just to talk about dreaming and everything flowing and you know there the the reality is reality and that's why i think we need to be really conscious about what we're doing and how we can do it our absolute best as we start to you know ask and and try to create more and more with these horses no matter what we're doing um yeah it we owe it to them to be even our better (laughs) better all the time our better versions of ourselves and uh not just go to bigger stronger always evolving absolutely Oh my goodness. Well, um, you gave me a lot to think about. This is really fun conversation. We are definitely, no wonder it feels like we've met. I think we have met just out there in the, <laughs> in the energy world. Because we're on we've the, together somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Well, um, I know you have a book coming out in July and you mentioned you have an online course as well as the movie. Um, so where can people learn and find out more about you and, and find the book and the course and the movie? (laughs) So the book is going to be out, I believe in August, I think it's called crossing bridges. Um, that's just something that I just briefly wanted to touch on because if some people looking at this, they're like, oh, well, okay, I'm now just going to dive into doing that. For some horses, horses that especially have come through natural horsemanship and stuff, don't suddenly change. Cross the bridge, cross the bridge slowly, pepper a few things in, keep doing what you're doing, but be more aware of yourself. Look at the outside environment, and then ask. Um, don't just suddenly go to not asking anything because your horse will stand there going, I feel so lost. I don't know what to do. And it's really hard for them. So 
slowly pepper things in with what you're doing that's what i'd say but the book's called crossing bridges um and yes that's out in august that's something incredibly special to me um so i really hope others enjoy it my course is called pure liberty i the website's purelibertycourse.com, but you can also find it through Horse Class. Um, it's in amongst that at Horse Class. And yeah, the film is on Vimeo, um, Taming Wild Pura Vida. Beautiful. I think that's all of it. <laughs> all right. That's you. You're a busy woman. <laughs> I know the effort that yeah, goes know. into creating all of these yeah. things. So um, thank you so much for sharing sharing your story and these That's really valuable me. lessons I know you're giving you've given people a lot to think about I really appreciate it if this episode resonates with you make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening training horses is a long game the more you listen the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have to see all your learning resources visit dressagenaturally.net that's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>